this is Melissa K. Norris with Pioneering Today, and we're going to be talking about gardening today. And I know it's still in the middle of winter for most of us, <laughs> so it might kind of seem surprising, but I wanted to talk about gardening today because a lot of what happens in the garden in the spring and the success upon that is the planning that, that's done beforehand. So gardening is um, so near and dear to me um, of all the the homesteading, pioneering type things that we can do. I think gardening is probably one of the most important or highest step on my list. Part of the reason for that is because not everybody can have livestock. Um, I know a lot of people can actually in urban settings can have chickens, uh, depending upon zoning and city ordinances and that kind of a thing. And in the country, people can have chickens too. But I know like having a, a lot of livestock is really going to depend upon if you have acreage and property for the most part. So I know not everybody can raise beef cattle like we do. Um, and then and we have chickens too. And we're actually really excited, which this will probably be another episode <laughs> coming up. But this spring, uh, we're going to do pigs again. Um, we we did pigs once in the past and we're going to get to this spring, raise them through spring, summer, and then butcher them this fall. So I'm really excited about that actually. Um, so that will, that'll come later, but I realize that not everybody can do that. And so gardening is something that pretty much anybody can do to some degree. If you don't have a lot of property, it is, or a large yard, I should say, you don't actually have to have an, an, a massive property to garden, but if you don't have a large yard or area that you can do a garden in, you can still, even if you live in an apartment, um, you know, if you have a, a terrace, a balcony back deck you can do a lot of um, gardening and containers on those areas and actually even if you have an apartment you don't have any of that you can still grow herbs in um, in container gardening indoors so you can do herbs in the windowsill and that kind of a thing so some aspect of gardening most people can do to some degree um, varying wise so gardening is just one of the things that I really I really enjoy um you know, not only I talk about um, in past episodes, if you want to catch those, you can go to melissacanorris.com and just hit on the podcast button and you can find all the past um, episodes. And I talk about um, heirloom gardening, what that means, um, you know, GMOs, how to keep those out of your garden, um, you know, planning for preserving, canning, freezing, that kind of a thing. So I have a couple of different um, episodes that go into gardening um, quite a bit that you can catch. So this one, though, we're going to be talking about planning wise. So depending on if you've ever done a garden or not will depend upon how much planning that you're going to be doing. So for those of us who have been gardening for a while, or at least had a garden last year, right now is a great time, um, especially where we live, because most of the harvest where, where I'm at comes in um, from the big part of the vegetable garden. We harvest from July through September, a little bit of the, the fall stuff in October. But for the most part, you know, we kind of have the three main months there. So I like to look at now in January, because that's about half the year. It's been about six months. So I try to look at what I still have left on hand as far as um, produce from the garden um, that we've preserved, be it uh, dehydrated in the freezer and uh, canned, of course. I, I can a lot of our, our stuff up. Um, and then the root stock, or excuse me, root cellaring stuff. So I still have, I think we have three butternut squash left. Um, I've got a couple of big gunny sacks full of potatoes. So our potato planting that we did for the year was just about right to get us through until um, time to plant again in the spring. So that we did good. However, on the onions, I just used our last onion from the garden. 
um, last week. So I like to look at it about halfway through because this lets me know whatever I've just ran out of that I need to plant double of that for next year. So it's also important too when you plant a garden to plan on keeping, you know, and you can just, just simply just jot it down in a notebook. You don't have to have an extensive spreadsheet. Some people do and that's great, but don't be overwhelmed by doing, you know, like this huge, huge notebook detailed, you know, spreadsheets, that kind of thing for gardening. Um, but it is good to take note of what you did grow and how much. So then for the next year, you can look at it and be like, okay, well, we did, you know, I did three rows of this many onion sets. And so, you know, that you went through them, they only lasted you half the year, you know, you need to double that. Well, so you know what, what doubling is going to mean in numbers. So then you can plant enough for the next year. So keeping just, you know, a, a, just a little set of records like that will really help you out. So if you want to get a notebook and you don't even have to put dividers and stuff in it, if you don't want to, you can just get a plain spiral paper notebook, but write down each year what you plant and how much, and then you can keep track on how long that lasted you. And so then you'll pretty get it certain down to what your family, because it's going to vary for each family too on what you eat. So what I, how much I plant of something isn't going to be enough to get you through the year. It may be way too much. So that's why it's important to kind of keep your own records and you can go by other people's guidelines um, as well. But it's really, and that's kind of one of the things I like about gardening is you really get to tailor it to you and your family. So I would recommend just starting a notebook. And the first thing, that we're going to do this time of year is not only for those of us who do already have a garden um, is to keep track of where we're at with what our harvest. So for us, I know I need to double my onions. Uh, my garlic is fine. And then I need to plant just a couple more of my squash plants because I have, I think five acorn squash left and only three butternuts. So, and two, those won't usually keep, um, all the way through till spring. So you want to keep an eye on it too because you don't want anything to go to waste. So you don't want to plant too much and then have it that it goes to waste. So you can freeze it too. So if it looks like it's starting to turn, then you can go ahead and freeze. Um, like butternut squash is really easy to do. You just peel it. I just use like a you know potato peeler, carrot peeler, peel off the skin really quick, um, dice it up. And then to stop the enzymes from breaking down when freezing, otherwise it won't taste right when you go to cook it, you want to steam it for a few minutes. So then you steam it, and then I just put it on a single layer sheet, toss it in the freezer till it's froze, and then put it in a Ziploc bag or use a vacuum sealer. We actually, for Christmas, it's really funny. For Christmas, we got a lot of kitchen utensils um, and kind of funny story on the vacuum sealer. So for years, my husband has wanted to get a vacuum sealer. And every time <laughs> we see them, I'm always like, oh, we just don't have that much extra money. There, it's just too much money. I don't want to do it right now. So we've never had a vacuum sealer. Well, this year I kept my eye out. And when Costco had them, they went on sale. I think it was in October they were on sale. And so I bought one for him for Christmas in October and I hit it. I actually hit it because this is kind of funny. So I hit it. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I should say this on air. Hopefully he doesn't hear. He'll know my hiding spot. So I hid it in the bottom of the dirty clothes hamper because for the most part, he doesn't do laundry. Usually I do most of the laundry. So I figured he would never ever find it in the bottom of the dirty clothes. So of course it's sealed in a, you know, a box, but I wrapped it in a plastic bag and tied that shut and then put it at the bottom of the dirty clothes hamper. So he didn't find it. So I had it hid for like three months. So I was really excited. So Funny thing is after Thanksgiving, we're, you know, d taking, deboning the turkey and, um, and then I diced up some of the turkey meat, um, cause it'd been about a week to freeze to use later in casseroles or whatever. And then I also froze 
the turkey carcass so I could make um, stock from it, turkey stock from it to use uh, broth for later in soup, stews, that kind of a thing. So as I'm putting the turkey diced turkey cooked meat in a Ziploc bag to freeze, he's like, you know, that's just going to get freezer burnt. And I'm like, it'll be fine. I'll use it within the next, you know, couple weeks here. It'll be okay. Well, I don't know why you just don't get one of those vacuum sealers. <laughs> and I'm trying not to laugh because I know there's one in the next room. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, there's too much money though. Maybe, maybe after Christmas we could look at one. And so I was quite proud of myself because I played it off really well. So Christmas morning rolled around and we each had gotten each other um, our presents. And so he had me go first. So he hands me a box and I open it up and I die laughing. He bought me a vacuum sealer too. <laughs> and so I'm just, I'm laughing and I point at his box and I said, you might want to open yours up now. And so he opened his up and it was just really comical and funny. We both know each other really well and we usually buy practical gifts, which I love for Christmas. And so we had each bought each other a vacuum sealer. So we decided to keep the one that was actually the, the biggest and did the most and then we returned the other one. So we now have a vacuum sealer. So I can vacuum seal up and have it keep longer all of our stuff. Um, if you want to know how to freeze, um, I do my zucchini, I freeze, and my butternut squash. That's on melissaknorris.com. Um, I actually have a recipes tab, and I also have a kitchen tutorial tab. So you can just click on kitchen tutorials, and it will take you with how to do all that stuff um, if you don't already know, so you can learn. So in regards to planning your garden is one thing now is um, – I like to plan out what we're going to plant. Um, and so I already have our base of what we plant every year and what I rely on in my pantry from our garden. And if you haven't planted before and you're not sure, I actually have on my website, melissacanorris.com, um, anybody who signs up for my blog or my newsletter, they get three free eBooks. And one of those eBooks is called Heirloom Gardening, Planning uh, Planting to Save Money. And in there, I have a chart with a series of questions um, that you go through to analyze for your family specific what you should plant in your garden. And so um, that's just totally free and you can use that. So just go to melissacanorris.com, uh, click on the freebies page, and they'll tell you how to do all of that. So that's one thing if you haven't planted a garden that you'll want to decide now in the planning part is what you want to plant. So after you've decided what you want to plant, and if you're a veteran gardener, one of the things that I try to do is every year I like to plant at least one new thing that we've never done before. Because um, it's always fun to try and to grow new things. So and that's one thing we do. So this year, believe it or not, we have never planted beets. And I can't decide yet if we're going to do the golden beets or just regular traditional beets. So one thing that we're going to add in for sure is beets. So that's going to be one of our new plants. And the other thing is I really want to try is stevia. So a lot of you, um, stevia is a, a herb and it's very sweet naturally. So a lot of you have probably heard of using stevia in place of sugar as a sweetener. And I'd really like to try to grow my own and give that a go this year. So that might be my new addition to the herb garden um, is stevia. So one of the things that you want to do is I would say within the next four weeks is ha decide what you're going to plant in your garden this year and then get your order in. Because most of the seed companies, if you wait too far into spring, and this is going to depend on where your zone is, for us, we don't start planting until May. But a lot of other parts of the country are going to be starting a lot earlier. So you want to make sure you get your seed orders in in plenty of time or they can they can sell out on some of their things and then you're just going to be out of luck. Um, one place that I have ordered through for a couple of years and I really can't recommend enough is um, Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds. 
Uh, it's a family-owned company, and it's all heirloom seeds. So um, if you want to go, it's rareseeds.com. And again, if you go to the podcast button on mostcanoris.com, I'll have links to all the places that I'm talking about. Another place that you can use, um, because we do an all heirloom garden, so I like organic heirloom seeds that are um, non-GMO and aren't hybridized. Um, that's just a personal preference, and you can catch um, some of the past epi- podcast episodes t- to know why I prefer those. So um, is the seed exchange they also have a really big selection. They have, they have some rare um, heirloom seeds plants too that you can't really find anywhere. So that's kind of cool. So those are the two that I um, I utilize the most. Um, and rare seeds is really cool. You can go and request a free catalog and they send you this free pictured in color catalog. It has recipes in it, um, stories behind the seeds, which is part of the wonderful thing about heirloom seeds is you get this heritage with them. Uh, you know, these stories of where they came from. And I just think it's super cool. So anyways, you can um, get those, but get your orders in within the next four weeks um, to ensure that they'll still have the quali- the quantity on hand to fulfill your order. And then you'll, you'll have them and you'll be ready to go once it times, comes time to plant. So that's um, our first order of business is to decide, go through what you already have if you're a gardener and see if you need to increase your planting on anything. And then decide what you're going to plant this year. And then after you've decided what you're going to plant, get your orders in. Um, So we're going to do that. And then the other thing that we want to start thinking about is if you're going to be adding in any new beds or if you're a first-time gardener, if you're where you're going to be planting, if you're you're not doing container planting, um, is deciding all that. So you want to kind of map it out. You want to take note of, um, you know, how much sunlight you're going to get for sun exposure. And then this year... I'm really excited about this. We are going to have a greenhouse. Um, and we're just going to do a small, it's not a permanent structure one, but we're just going to do a small greenhouse this year. And I'm really excited about this because one, I can extend our growing season because I can start starts um, probably about four to five weeks sooner than normal. So I'll be able to do that. And then two, I can grow a lot of things, but I have really hard time with tomatoes. Um, part of the reason is we grow here is it's normally it's pacific northwest so yeah the rain you know think uh seattle even though we're um northeast of seattle quite a bit more in the foothills of the mountains but anyhow we get a lot of rain so a lot of times i have a lot of hard time with tomatoes because i just don't get the hot dry weather that they need and for some other reason even like last summer we had a a gorgeous warm unusually hot dry summer here yeah my tomatoes still didn't do so hot so I'm one of those people, if I don't do good at something, I really dig my feet in and I'm going to figure it out. So this is my year for tomatoes. So I'm going to have my greenhouse for my peppers and tomatoes and some of those other things that um, that like to be kept nice and warm. So you can stay tuned with my, my fight with tomatoes because I'm going to get it figured out. And then I'm going to show you, <laughs> I'll share with you what I was doing wrong <laughs> and and how to do it right. So if any of you are awesome expert tomato growers... Let me know so I can pick your brain. So the the greenhouse, um, I'm super excited about. So you'll want to, you know, take take note if you're going to be putting in raised beds or where you're going to be putting in beds. Um, you want to write down out your supply list that you're going to need, um, how long it's going to take you to do them, and then look at your growing season. So you want to see usually, typically you're going to plant 
most of your things when your soil is 60 degrees. So not when the air is 60 degrees, but when your soil is 60 degrees, and that's going to allow germination for your seeds. So look at your weather pattern for where you're at locally. Um, you know, look in the archives, ask people who are, are gardeners in your area when, when the normal plant date is on a normal year. So you'll want to be sure when you're planning that you have everything, you've given yourself ample time, give yourself a couple extra weeks on your time frame because life happens and you don't want to be stressed. So plan out when you need to have, you know, your new beds put in or, or however you're going to be doing your gardening, when you need all of that ready to go by in order to plant. So you're going to want to do all that. And then one thing I want to do this year, and so this is if you're a new gardening or if you're old, a gardener who's been doing it as well, is, you know, our soil is really the most important thing of planting. If you don't have good soil, it doesn't matter how great your seeds are or when you plant, um, they're not going to do as well. So soil is really important. So um, a lot of the times what we do is um, in the fall is we throw a lot of organic material on top of the garden and then soil and then it sits all winter and it composts, decomposes down and then we till it back in in the spring when we plant and then our soil is replenished. So um, we've done, and so this is important to know too, is when you're going to, if you're going to be using natural fertilizer, um, we have done chicken manure, which can be great. It's really high in nitrates with which plants really like when they're growing. Um, but however, when you're using manure, you need to make sure of using chicken manure that it's sat for um, preferably a year and that you're mixing it with something else or it can be too hot, which means it will burn the roots on plants. Um, and then you can use horse manure, you can use cattle manure, but it's important for it to be dry and already broken down. You don't want to use fresh. Um, so you can you can put that on, on your soil. Um, leaves are great. Um, you can use coffee grounds um, to a certain degree and you'll want to know and this is a great time to get your soil tested because you have plenty of time and then to give it what it needs is if your soil is acidic or alkaline your pH level so you want to know the pH level of your soil because some plants do better in acidic soil and you'll want to know where your levels are because if it's too high one way or the other then you can start to amend that now so you'll want to do that and I'll give some links um, in the resources section of this podcast um, on melissaknorris.com for you for that. And another technique that I'm kind of excited to try this year that we really haven't done before, and you may have heard this term before, and it's called lasagna gardening. So the premise behind lasagna gardening is that you actually put your put your plants in and you plant, and then you layer your compost like lasagna, the food. So you layer it. So you have your, your green matter and your brown matter. And they say, now I haven't done this personally, so I can't give you my own thing, but I'm going to try it this year, at least on a couple areas, if not the whole, to see what I think is that you don't have to weed as much. You don't have as much weeds because you don't have exposed soil for the weeds to come up through or seeds, you know, blowing around, dandelion seeds, whatever, in the wind to then take root. So, and then it's composting the whole time that your plants are growing. So your plants are constantly getting a new source of, um, of nutrition and feed from the compost as it breaks down. So I'm kind of excited to try this. I think um, it sounds great. And so I'm going to be doing lasagna gardening this year. So I'll show you um, as we get closer, I'll show you ways to do that. You know, and you, it's not really too late now even to start a winter compost pile. Um, so if you're going to be wanting to add that stuff in is, is you want, you know, leaves, garden leaves, um, scraps from the kitchen, but no meat. So you just want to make sure that it's, um, you can do... Um, you can do brown cardboard. 
You can do newspapers. You can do any kind of food scrap that isn't meat or have a lot of fat in it. Otherwise, you're going to attract rodents and you don't really want meat breaking down um, in your compost. So you can start a compost pile now, you know, um, big or small, or you can get the little compost buckets um, and I'll link to some of those and you just put your kitchen scraps in the compost bucket on your kitchen counter and they're lined so that you don't smell in your kitchen, obviously. There's actually some really cute ones out there. So you can do a compost bucket just on your kitchen counter. This is great if you live in an apartment or a small area where you can't actually do a big compost pile outside. And so then you'll have some soil ready to go for your potted plants, um, you know, or out out on um, raised garden beds, however you're going to do it. So I would really encourage you to start looking at that. And then I'll have some articles up on the website that will allow you to explore these ideas further. So I'm really excited and I hope you plan on having some kind of a garden this year. And we'll be having more coming up soon. I'm going to be actually having a gardening series that will take you through um, each step all the way through a whole year of gardening. So thank you for listening to Melissa K. Norris pioneering today on KSVU 90.1 FM radio.